Hey there, where have you been? Welcome to the No Jet Stress podcast, the show that helps you maintain optimal health and peak performance as a road warrior, no matter how much you travel. I'm your host, Christopher Babiodi, traveler wellness advocate, nutritional therapist, author, and ex-flight attendant of 20 years at British Airways, one of the UK's largest airlines. Welcome back to part two of the No Jet Stress podcast conversation with Mickey Bayer Clausen, CEO and co-founder of Timeshifter, the circadian science app designed to help you manage and beat jet lag. Are you one of those business travelers who believes going to bed earlier or later, depending on whether you're traveling east or west, is the key to beating jet lag? Well, I've got news for you. Let's get back to the conversation with Mickey where he emphasizes the essential ingredient you need to travel well. All these, like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed a few hours later or a few hours earlier, depending on if I travel east or west, fine. Okay, there's some truth to that. But the lighting they see when they're awake matters. So maybe they should avoid light for a couple of hours in the morning, and they're not doing that. Right. Or right. so there, there are just some other factors. And when they are on the plane, when are you going to sleep? If you sleep at the wrong time, when you sleep, you're closing your eyes. And that's what I want. So sleep doesn't impact your circadian clock. But the fact you're closing your eyes does. Right. Because right. You're, you're not seeing light. Yeah. So close your eyes, meaning when you sleep, you're closing your eyes. When you sleep on the plane, if you should have been awake seeing light, you're now shifting your circadian clock away from the new time zone, making jet lag worse than it was to begin with. So this is so. So what I'm trying to say is that that's the problem we've tried to. That's it. Not tried. That's the problem we've solved. That time shifter is how to put together a protocol based on what we assume is your biological time, and then we apply the latest circadian science. And yes, there is sleep science in there as well. So there are certain things that we we do around sleep and napping that support a plan, but right. circadian is the foundation. Right. And then we okay. also, yeah. So, so anyway, okay. so that was a long story. That was great. That was great though. So I may come back to the second point, but the first point to, for those who are um, joining us, who have never had an audience with uh, Mickey before, I'd like to now go back to, I, I, don't, I didn't mean that facetiously. I don't know how that sounded. But I'd like to go back to the the foundations of how you speak with such authority. And I mean that with the deepest respect. And because what pops into my mind is the story you told of a journalist you had to talk to about four times in a very reputable newspaper because all this myth that needs busting is still out there. And they were trying to slot you guys into the, that storyline and, and you had to sort of like explain how it really was but I find the you know uh, the 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 credential that I would say perhaps um, matters the most because it's a top draw credential is the association that you have with your co-founder and the work that they've been doing absolutely um, uh, so please tell us that story a bit yeah and listen let me let me just First, respond to what you said before about the interview, which which is not long ago and and is not unusual, except that normally the journalist would go ahead and just write 
based on the conversation, what write whatever they thought fitted uh, the article the best. In this case, they did take four rounds of, of, of talks and, and modified it. I will say modified it, but still uh, insufficiently. The, 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 the problem with the media in general is not they're, they're, that they're not interested. I think there's a couple of problems at play. One of them is they'd like to tell their readers or, or, or viewers how to deal with jet lag or some other problems that we, we, we're addressing. And, they, and, and like I said before, there's no generic solution. So they can't. All they can do is tell people to download TimeShifter and use it. And then we seem biased. We, you know, but the reason why we built TimeShifter was to make this easy for people. But of course, a journalist wanting to help their readers or, or viewers is like, well, all I can really say is light matters and should be time per and download TimeShifter. And so, so it's, 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 it's definitely a problem. Same blog post. They want three. Bullets. They're like, can you please tell us the three things that matter? And when we say, well, we can't because it's personalized and the timing is impossible to, you know, it depends on so many factors. There are hundreds of different ways you can put together every trip, depending on the person, depending on time, depending on, you know, the departure time, arrival time, stopovers, uh, east, west, all these different things. So it's impossible. And that's what is, is problematic to get out there and have, you know, the media accept that this is not something that is possible to do on your own and you and you need to rely on tools like time shift okay so back to the authorities so i'm not the scientist here although i feel like i've gotten a phd over the years through my 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 fantastic collaboration with especially dr stephen lockley who is our chief scientist and co-founder and dr stephen lockley is associate professor at harvard medical school and has been He's done scientific research and studies for nearly 30 years and was has done studies on blind people, completely blind people, where the light signal is gone, which means you can test all these other things like food and exercise. Does that matter or doesn't it matter? And, right. and in these very sophisticated sleep labs, you can find a few different places, including at the Brigham Women's Hospital in, in Boston, is is the ability to keep people for a very long time, like many, many days, 60, 70 days, up to that long, and control light environment completely. There's no windows. So they can fool you and pretend it's day when it's night and the other way around. So they can do some control studies that are extremely impressive and will give you facts and not, and not just... More, more misconceptions and myths. And, and so that has really inspired me and it's very exciting. So that's the, that's really the, the source of what you get through Time Shifter is, is the expertise built up over so long. And he, Stephen, Dr. Stephen Lockley, is, you know, has worked with NASA astronauts, mission control, Formula One drivers, all kinds of elite athletes, of course, many of those tasks are today tasks and and jobs that is you know we do a time shifter and and uh, so we work with many elite athletes. We work with Action Space that are sending up, they're building a, the world's first commercial space station and 
and, and going on missions to the ISS very often as part of that goal. So we help them prepare for launches. We help them with jet lag. We help them with mission control. So we, we're dealing with some of the more complex use cases, if you will. And again, we apply the, the very latest in, in the science has to offer. And, and I love, I really absolutely love what you described as the ultimate business trip. Do you remember yeah. that? Can you, yeah, can you yeah. talk about that? No, I'm, so when, when you have, as you can imagine, you know, jet lag for us, there are different levels of importance, right? I mean, there's some people that are absolutely fine with just let it get, you know, let it just run its course over seven days. I have the time. I don't need to be, you know, perfectly alert and sleep well for, for a while. You know, there, there are people like that. And then there are people like business travelers where it's important that they are ready for a key business meeting and, and people going on vacations with their family where they've spent up, they've saved up money and have a, a finite amount of time where they want to, you know, enjoy it from, from day one forward. But the, the ultimate business trip I was talking about with you when we talked the last time was you can imagine astronauts kind of going uh, to uh, Russia, Germany, Japan for training, where when they arrive, they are basically training the day, the morning after they arrive. And fatigue and jet lag for them is a safety concern. I mean, they are, they are doing crazy things. And if they're not, if, it, if they're not their egg, if it didn't bring the egg game, it, it can affect their safety. It can compromise millions of dollars in equipment. It's it's just not a good mix. So they are forced to applying the science, which again they have been for a long time now. Whereas we have the choice: do we want to get? Do we want to be? at our best for a business meeting? Do we want to perform as an athlete running a marathon or something else at, you know, in a, at, a, at a maximum time? Do we want to enjoy our vacations fully? I mean, I think it's an easy choice to make, but it's, it's optional. But now at least we know how to do it. Right, right, right. So then what do you say to, and I kind of like know some of the, the answer here. So very, very frequent travelers. I think I recall you mentioning that maybe time shift is not quite, no, or was it very, very frequent travelers or was it shift workers? You said probably, you know, not quite the time shifter app as it exists today. It's crew and pilots, crew and pilots. Crew and pilots. So we have an app for shift workers that are in public beta now with a waiting list. And we have uh, thousands of people that have been invited inside. And we have incredible data from that. It works uh, amazing, like the Jetlag app. And then we have the Jetlag app, which is meant for passengers. Because the problem with pilots and, and, and crew is that it's a mix of shift work and jet lag. They cannot do what passengers can do on the plane. They can't sleep when we tell passengers to go to sleep. So that's a different app. And there are FAA regulations. There are all these regulations that you need to take into account in order to provide uh, advice that is not just relevant, but safe and and uh, and will help them. So if you're a pilot, if you're a crew, sorry, we hope to help you very soon. But right now, this is for passengers and for shift workers that are not crossing time zones. 
so yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. Okay, so uh, I think that's considering the the great resignation, remote working, what, whatever you want to call it, that's really great news for anyone who's shifting into the new world of work because that can give them some clarity on uh, what they might be able to do, what they can do to help themselves at a very fundamental level. And what I really like about this is that I've always looked at the, the traveller being the source and the ultimate arbiter of whatever solution is put to to the test because ultimately you're the constant wherever you may be and therefore you need to have that power this is empowering even if you're not a business traveler and you're at home going into the office a month or yes i think that's absolutely i think what i like about the jet lag app and what what we what i what i think is 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 fantastic with our jet lag app in terms of of really validating you know the science is there but but does it is it easy to apply in the real world? Can an app do the job or or do you need to be in a different environment in a lab or something else with with a lot of control and with with difficult compliance and all this stuff? Well, we've proven it, it it does work. In fact, we have hundreds of thousands of post-travel surveys confirming exactly that. But but the beauty of this validation is that it's trip-based. This is not like, oh, let's see how a person feels after using it for two, four, six months from now. This is like, how does this feel different than the last trip you had to the same destination? I mean, we always say to people, if if, if there are some skeptics, and there will be, there, and that's fair. I mean, I want people to be skeptic. In fact, that helps us. Um, but if somebody is skeptical and say, I don't, I don't really. I don't think this is the, you know, and I can sit there and talk about the science all day long and I can sit there with all our credentials. I can send a, a study that will never be read. That's that's all good. But what I always tell that person that is skeptical is if you're going on a flight to a place where you know from the past you're really struggling with jet lag, that's when you put time shifter to the test. Right. Because then it's not a question where well, I felt okay last time too. No, like give it, and and that's a recommendation here as well. I mean, the first trip is completely free, no credit card needed. You know, put it to the test. If you have a, if you're a business traveler and you go, you know, to a certain place once in a while and it's a problem for you, just try it out. I can't guarantee you, but as close to a guarantee as I can give you, if you follow the advice. At least eighty percent or more, you will get material benefits. You will really, really feel different. It's not a, it's not, a, it's not a silver bullet. It's not going to happen like that. There is some work to be done. You need to follow, especially the light advice, as much as you can. But again, it's that's it's the primary. Big. That's the primary driver. So that yes. must be in place, right? Yes. 80% or more. I mean, do as much. The more you do, the more you follow the advice, the better. But if you miss a few of the, the things you, you should do, you still go back to the plan and follow it as much as you can afterwards. Now, the compliance part of it is not really difficult either because if the app tells you to prioritize bright light, for example, in your, in your dark plane, you just crank up the brightness of the in-flight entertainment system or on your iPad, your computer, you watch a movie or you do some work, 
that's enough. Maybe the one above. And if you're really going to be, you know, terrible to the remaining pastors or nice, depending on how you look at it, you're going to take the window shades up when everybody else sleeps and say, well, I'm <laughs> the light. But but as much light as you can get, artificial light is perfectly fine. It doesn't need to be sunlight. So that's so it's easy for us really to find light. We don't need to be outside. If you need to avoid light and you have planned a lunch outside in Paris or you're at World Economic Forum on a panel with light, you know, just shining straight. I mean, maybe I'll actually take the World Economic Forum out again because I have a different solution for that. But if you are just having, you know, you're outside in the sun at a cafe, put on your dark sunglasses. Now you're avoiding light to a large extent, and that's going to help you. You don't want them to be bright. Then you can sun, more sun gets in. The darker you you can get them, the better. Now, if you're at World Economic Forum and it says avoid light when you're going to be on stage, <laughs> look cool. You take your sunglasses off. You enjoy your panel, and after you're done, you put the sunglasses on again. Simple as that. You don't need to be fanatical about this thing. Right. Like I said, when we're looking at the hundreds of thousands of, of, of post-travel surveys we've sent out, what we see is the same in most of them, which is when you follow the advice 80% or more, you're not going to struggle with severe, very severe jet lag. In fact, 96.4% of people said they're not struggling with severe or very severe jet lag when followed 80% or more. So... It's just about doing as much as you can, and you're going to get benefits. Great. Okay. So then, and I, I pose this question specifically because the science was at one point, and it seems to have gone full circle now. I know what I find particularly useful for myself, and I'm talking specifically about the glasses that people refer to as blue blockers. First, the story was, oh, yes, Blue blockers are going to help you control melanopsin firing in the eye and therefore increase or decrease the amount of light you let into the eye after dusk and so on and so forth. I got blue blockers. I found them to be very useful. And then from some quite interesting studies and professors of knowledge in that area saying, actually, the total blocking of blue light is not particularly helpful. And then I think people started to shift to, oh, okay, no, let's not use blue blockers. I personally find them useful after dusk for, yep. for my for my help. And I'm just curious as to, do you have an opinion either way or is it pretty much, you know, use or don't use as long as you pretty much stick to, to your circadian as possible, then it's not really going to matter much. No blue. I mean, the reason for the name blue bloggers is blue is the is the type of colored light that is uh, mostly affecting your circadian system and alertness. And but 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 here's the truth. The truth is that any light affects you, not just blue. 
green affects you too. And so, you know, when we're looking at these different products, I would almost recommend dark sunglasses instead of blue bloggers because they're taking all light out. Or and 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 here again, I have to be specific. Not every pair of sunglasses do a good job. It, it it's it's you know you need to measure. In fact, I have it here on my desk. I have a little spectrometer. You need to be able to measure every lens to really see what it does, how much intensity of light comes in, what color range, uh, how much of blue, how much of green, how much of yellow, how much of red. So it's it's. It's, it, it's a tough thing to really answer. I would say if you're looking to be in darkness, dark sunglasses are more effective than blue bloggers. Most blue bloggers, some are okay and better. So so that's that's my response. People don't, don't blue is not the only light that matters. Right. But to that equation, let me say that the light you can see with your eyes is different from the light that the circadian clocks can see. Is, so, does that make it true to a certain extent Then, if you're closing your eyes and you're in sunlight, the pineal senses light? Well, you're going to, you're going to, that's a different thing. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the, here I'm more referring to, if you're looking at a color spectrum, you go right. from blue to red. Right. They're, they're not the same for what you can see with your eyes and what you um, your circadian clock and system detects. And that means, you know, you, you could, yeah. So, so it just means that you have to be careful in, in, in again, claims made and are, are a pair of sunglasses helpful or not helpful? It depends. But but if they're dark, chances are they leave out a lot of color, a lot of light. And that's a good thing when you need, when you want to avoid light. So before bed, if you're in a bright environment, a couple of hours before uh, bed, putting on a pair of dark dark sunglasses would be really great because that allows your melatonin production to begin. You know, we know about melatonin, which is so helpful to ease you into sleep and, and stay asleep. You know, if you see bright light just before you, normally go to sleep, I mean, for, for sleep, then uh, with bright light, it suppresses melatonin production, making it more difficult. Right. And, and you don't want that. So at home, every day, dim down the lighting, lighting a couple of hours before bedtime. That's a great thing. Or you can even install very cheap LED lights that are circadian-based. Again, be careful. Some make claims, but there are circadian light bulbs created and we have them in our home where if we go to the bathroom at night it it has that so it's still lighting up the room but the circadian clock can't see it in the way that it can see other lights so at night before bed all that circadian lighting in in our house goes on and during the day we have the bright really strong light so anyway that's a good thing for everyone to know so talking about specific things that and bringing the conversation back to sort of like jet lag here, what are the most persistent myths that you hear that you think if we could get away from those myths? I mean, obviously, the obvious one um, is that it's just about sleep. Um, are, are there any others that are out there that you just think, you know, if we could just turn the corner 
on the understanding of these aspects, we might get a bit further uh, yep. in terms of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's many, as I mean, there are so many of them. Getting as much sleep as possible on the plane is, is a bad idea because, again, if you sleep at the wrong time when you should have seen bright light, you're making jet lag worse. So that's not a good idea. Adapting the local time zone, like meal timing and exercise timing of what they do in the, in the new time zone is also wrong. You know, imagine that the day after you arrive, you go to the gym at 7 a.m. in the morning and you think that's a great thing. Number one, it doesn't affect jet lag. You know, like we talked about, that's about yeah. life. But but independently, imagine what time is it in your biology? What if it's 2 a.m.? Is that a great time to go to the gym? No, it's not. It's a terrible time. So meal timing the same. If you eat big meals three days in a row when it's biological night, your glucose response will go into diabetes or pre-diabetes territory in a matter of days. So it's not correct. Again, this is a generic piece of advice that will hurt and harm people. It's not, it's not the right one to follow. So that's another one. Yeah, I can again say, you know, uh, there, there's so much money spent on business class and five stars hotel, great beds for sleep. But if you don't deal with the underlying circadian misalignment, you're going to just like in Lost in Translation, right? That movie where yeah. he's, a great, he's in the Hyatt Hotel in Tokyo. It's a great hotel. Good but it's, he's lying awake, looking up in the ceiling and, mm -hmm. and going to the bar because he's out of whack. His circadian system out of whack. It doesn't matter if he's in Hyatt. But if you are dealing with the underlying circadian misalignment and have those amazing environment, great business class and, and five star, it's great. It's fantastic. But you cannot ignore... The, the, the protocol, Ambien for falling asleep and getting rest, same as I said before, you know, if you, we, we don't recommend medications, but, but, but some take them and need them. And, and, and there might be specific reasons why it makes sense in, you know, at certain times, but then at least make sure that, you know, in terms of the, the, you sleep at the right time. So you don't get that full rest yeah. and everything. Listen, I mean, you, you tell me right now there, there's something about, uh, you know, chocolate and chili, right? That was out, you know, a few months ago, which, you know, is supposedly help. It, it, it just doesn't help with the actual problem. Many of That's these are more symptomatic. And, and right. even if they're trying to deal with the symptoms, they're not even effective at dealing with the symptoms yeah. because... If you could just, I mean, let's just admit it. Anyone that hasn't applied circadian science, are they still having jet lag? Yes. Why? Yeah. Because none of the other stuff that's mentioned again and again and again. Has worked. Is working. It's not. So. So to put a finer point on that, I loved how you mentioned that, I mean, and this is a fact, that up to 70% of medications it's as, as much as that even more they expect even more yeah yeah it has a circadian element to their effectiveness correct so you think about that of i think explaining that could kind of give people an understanding of the interaction between substances that come into the body the circadian element and their effectiveness 
And I thought of that as you talked about this chocolate chili thing. I mean, if you've got all this medication that needs probably adjusting for it to be optimal, why do you think just eating chili and chocolate is going to give you <laughs> a better deal than that? I don't know. Yeah, no, listen, uh, they, they expect, I think it's about 75% of, of, of all medication in the world has a circadian link, meaning that it, it should be taken according to an individual's circadian time, biological time. And 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 that's exciting because it, it gives us great promise that medications can work even better for us in the future. And maybe you can even reduce the dose and maybe you won't have the same side effects as you're getting today uh, because of it. But it does require a better understanding of, of each medication and 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 so there's a while until you'll start to see that being part of of the packaging of, of medication. But it, it it there are there are many medications where the circadian link is very strong, and some of those medications are some of the most sold in the world, and people millions of people rely on them. And so uh, for us, it's incredibly exciting uh, where this is going to take us. But the same also applies to, for example, medical treatments like chemotherapy and other treatments where the time of day also impacts the outcome. And yeah. if, you know, for anything that can be done there to optimize, I'm sure people would be extremely willing to apply circadian science to get a better outcome. If, it, if it's life-threatening or, or, or bigger problems, certainly. But yeah, so I, I think that, you know, just looking at, again, these studies are not based on circadian time, but average clock time, which again, we know can vary very differently. But for example, if you take a COVID shot or booster, on average, it's better in the afternoon, whereas yeah. a flu shot looks like it's better in the morning, on average. Right. So right. if you have any plans to do either, you now know you know, you don't. You, according to these studies, at least, you shouldn't take them at the same time. Split them up. Have one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and you should be better off. There will be a lot more studies to that effect, and certainly ones that take the actual circadian time of an individual into account. And when that happens, circadian science is going to be a mainstream thing. Everyone will know. And I, I really encourage you next time you travel, and if you use Time Shifter, think of it this way. You're now for the first time in your life proactively controlling your circadian rhythms. Right. You have proactively taken over what it does and how it's benefiting you rather than harming you. And imagine applying that to medications, to if, if you're also a shift worker or if you are an athlete and you want to perform better, you know, world records are made on average in the afternoon. You take Olympic swimmers, when, when are those world records happening? Afternoon. Now, what if you have a race in the morning? Maybe you should shift your body yeah. so that you can get that world record or, or at least beat, you know, three hours in a marathon or four hours, whoever, what, what your ambition level is. So there's so a can lot I can I can I interrupt with a question there, for instance? So and this is really quite pertinent to our audience. So that ability to shift, I'm, I'm I, I want to use the word indiscriminately. Um, but I don't really mean it as harsh as that. 
that ability to shift back and forth can be done in ad in infinitum for for people or or does that actually take something out of you what i mean is a scenario of someone who's got like back to back trips that are constantly changing which is the extreme case how 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 viable is it for them to be able to shift continually as they go along without it catching up on them if they're, if if they're such I'm a- gonna I'm gonna answer this in two ways. So number one, you're hitting on another great benefit and feature of time shifter, which is it understands your trips and right. will and will connect them all and understand if you're in transit, if you are quick turnaround, many business travelers they go somewhere, they stay one night, come back, and all of that needs to be considered in a plan so that you're not doing something again if you go to i know there's some other jet lag protocols out there you go to a website you put in your flight well that's one way are you staying there for a week are you going back the day after are there any stopovers you know etc cetera, etc cetera. are there a multi-city trip where we more and more we go on a tour we go different places meeting different clients instead of just you know going out to meet one client or two clients and back it's we've changed the way business travel has changed and and trips are much more important now than ever before and they're more packed because we don't send somebody out for one meeting anymore and so with that in mind that's what you put all those flights into time shifter and it knows and it gives you the best way to manage it meaning it doesn't necessarily shift you all the way if you're going straight back it just helps you manage that day as best as possible, and then get you back on, back on the home time zone. Or if you go multi-city trips, where do you where do you shift a person to? Right. You know, during the trip. So all of that is built in. Again, something that's impossible for people to do. But the other thing I want to say is that the other extreme, any disruption is not good for you. Okay. So we're doing the best we can with what lifestyle you've chosen. If you want me to tell everybody listening in today how to live the longest and be the healthiest and have the best circadian health you can have, go to bed the same time every night, wake up the same time every morning and get bright light in the morning and avoid a light a couple of hours before bedtime. That was it, done. <laughs> oh, 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 one more thing. And wake up according to your chronotype, you know, <laughs> If you're night owl, wake up later. If you're morning type, wake up as early as you wake up and then go to bed early. But listen, that's it. That's the way we design. So everything else we do is gonna is gonna affect us in, in bad ways. Time shifters meant to help alleviate that and make it softer and quicker. But at the end of the day, we're going against biology. Join us in the concluding episode of the No Jet Stress podcast in conversation with Mickey Bear Clausen. Until the next time, wherever you go, farewell.